so I'm, my name is Sean Allingham. I um, actually came down to Occupy Wall Street from Canada and sort of gravitated toward the People's Library, which is where we are here now in the corner of Zuccotti Park. I saw a pile of books, so I went to GA and I asked if anybody was taking responsibility for it and volunteered myself and then started this. Everybody who comes down here has questions and they want to know why are we here and what are we doing and we have information about everything. So if you've got a question, you can come down, you can learn more, you can talk to people and the library is the center for that to happen. So I think it's really useful for people to see that we there is this side to the movement. It's not just a bunch of you know hippies with bongos playing into the night and not wanting to get jobs. It's an actual movement with substance and there's thoughts and ideas that are really fundamental to society behind it. I mean, I think it's good to educate yourself. Uh, so we have a lot of books on politics and on, you know, like nonviolent demonstrations and, and things that are uh, very pertinent to what's happening right now. So I think that's great. I think you should really educate yourself and then make your decision. We get uh, donations from individuals, publishers and celebrities. I pulled two boxes of Chomsky out of Tim Robbins' car three nights ago. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Conversations on Anares. I'm Dr. Joseph Orozco. I'm a professor of philosophy at Oregon State University and I'm the co-director of the Anares Project for Alternative Futures. The Anares Project is a forum for conversations, projects, and initiatives that imagine a future free of domination, exploitation, war, and empire. Here on Conversations on Anares, we talk with scholars, activists, and artists about the possibilities for radical social transformation today. We opened up just now with some scenes from 10 years ago in Zuccotti Park, in New York City. During Occupy Wall Street, groups of activists organized a space called the People's Library. Thousands of books and magazines were organized to be available for free to whomever wanted to come to the encampment and to find literature and radical scholarship that could help them make sense of the Occupy movement or the issues behind the movement. The People's Library inspired dozens of other projects and across the country where local activists tried to make books and other media available as part of collective liberation efforts. When the encampment in Zuccotti Park was finally demolished by the police, most of the books that you saw in that short clips were confiscated and they ended up in the landfill. Today, we're gonna to talk to someone who was working in Albuquerque, New Mexico to build a project with similar goals and aspirations. Fia is an activist who has created the People's Library ABQ. She has been an activist organizer in many different spaces for a while now, but within the last year and a half, she's decided to create a lending library of radical books and zines. The People's Library ABQ describes itself as, quote, a community project of leftist theory, anarchist history, and radical education. We have books about queer, feminist, anti-racist theory, indigenous resistance, transformative justice, philosophy, and revolutionary thought. 
In today's episode, we sat down with Fia to discuss her inspirations for her project and to learn how it works and how she would like it to grow in order to offer works that inspire the radical imagination to a broader audience. Let's turn now to our discussion with Fia. All right, welcome everybody. We're here with Fia from the People's Library of Albuquerque. Welcome Fia to the program. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm very excited to speak with you about uh, the project that you're doing. Uh, so let me let me ask you a little bit. Let's just get into this. I, I'd like to know, what is the People's Library of Albuquerque and how does it work? So the People's Library of Albuquerque is an independent lending library that focuses on leftist thought and activism. We, um, it's based on a lot of my personal political ideology and then whatever people kind of want to learn more about, I want to get them information on. Um, and stuff that I never thought would come into my worldview but definitely has to do with our history as activists, our history as organizers, grassroots movements. Um, not that long ago, a UNM professor uh, unfortunately died and he had a huge book collection. He taught philosophy at UNM um, and similar to what you teach. Um, and he had a massive collection of Appalachian movements, shirtwaist, um, the triangle shirtwaist strikes, um, indigenous activism. And so we got a ton of books that I would never have thought to even look for, but I was like, yeah, we definitely want to have stuff about that. So, so how does the project work exactly? You have this big collection of, of books. I mean, do you, you have a physical space or, or like, uh, you know, where does the collection exist? I have a physical space in that I am taking up entirely too much of my very small house with a million books. Um, I am very grateful that about a third of our collection is ebooks um, because we have, uh, I think, about 700 physical books um, and zines uh, in our collection, housed between four large bookshelves in my living room. When I separated from my wife earlier this year, I kind of had to make a decision of am I taking the people's library with me or am I taking my personal book collection? So my ex-wife now has all of my, my fiction and all of those books, which is fine. She will take good care of them. Um, but I moved into a much smaller house and the library moved with me. And it's grown quite a bit even since moving in January, um, which we're grateful for. Um, but basically I house the library. Uh, we now have an online catalog thanks to a librarian by trade data analyst by profession who helped us um, develop a website and database um, to house everything. We were previously just using Google Sheets and I was manually cataloging everything, which was time consuming. And people um, either get connected to me via Instagram or via Facebook, or they hear about the project. They go look at the catalog, um, find what they want to check out, or they ask me for book recommendations. I love when that happens. Mm. And then I gather up their book, check it out on our database, and drive it over to them and do a book drop um, to their front door. Oh, wow. So, I mean, so you do book, you're essentially a bookmobile kind of library. Well, it's interesting that you put it that way because that was the original dream that started this is um, 
Are you familiar with the Carter Johnson Leather Library? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we, um, my best friends and I, we used to have an organization called the New Mexico Fat Lifers, and we hosted the Carter Johnson Leather Library here twice um, for our big conference called Evolution of the Revolution. And I was so inspired and moved by that project and the idea that we had never been alone, no matter how alone you think you are in any given moment, you have never been alone. You have a global history standing behind you for whatever you're into. And um, I had a fantasy of being able to get political education out to people out of the back of my minivan. Now, granted, we've grown to the point that it will no longer fit in my minivan, but I still do want to um, kind of pare down our collection and carry some essentials and install shelves in the back of my van and be able to go out on the streets and get political education to people. Um, I'm inspired by the work of mutual aid books on Instagram and they just go hand out books and they do a lot of fundraising just to be able to buy books. They're not a library per se, but um, they, they make it their mission to get books into the hands of people. And I love that. So you, so you have this collection of, of stuff. Uh, people get a hold of you and they let you know that they'd like to have part of your collection or to check it out. Do they, um, do they have to be members or? No. Okay. So you don't uh, have to be a member. You don't even have to give me your real name. I just ask for a way of contacting you. I do once a month book reminders, but there's absolutely no time limit on how long the book can be out. Right now I have books that have been out since November um, because they, they went to busy parents. They went to people who yeah. have to slave under capitalism 40 hours a week. People don't have the time to read as much as they like to think they would, but I still want them to have access to the materials. So once a month, I just message you on your social me messaging application of your choice and say, hey, this is just a reminder. Um, if you want to schedule a pickup, I can be there tonight. I can be there tomorrow. Or if you want to check it out for another 30 days, it's all yours. Wow. Okay. So, uh, uh, but is the expectation that the book will come back or is the expectation is the book that comes back, but I don't really have any, um, I'm not hard pressed about it. Like, uh, it is at its core in anarchist movement. And I believe that anarchism is supported when a community believes in a project mm -hmm. that people want to support a library. And we all basically know how libraries work. But I also know that sometimes somebody's need is greater than your ideas about how a project is going to work. And sometimes the book is not going to come back to me. Um, somebody was in a tizzy last week because their kids colored all over four or five of our children's books and they didn't know how to tell me. And I was like, we just buy new books. It's fine. We just replace them or we buy different books. It's, it's okay. It's all transient. Right. So how do you acquire most of your collection? You said that you got a donation from a former academic, but um, you know, and looking at the, the list of stuff that I've seen online, a lot of your collection uh, comes from the publishers, uh, PM and AK Press. Um, uh, where do most of the books come from? So we have two book subscriptions. We are signed up for both Friends of AK Press and Friends of PM Press. So every month we get a small, um, package of books from them, whatever they've newly published. Mm. I also buy a lot of books or did until very recently um, from them. Um, I watch sort of the trending conversations among the activist community in Albuquerque um, and surrounding areas. And I see um, 
a big conversation that was happening a couple of weeks ago was about um, destigmatizing substance use and depathologizing harm reduction. And so I bought a couple books, um, one by Dr. Carl Hart um, that has to do with um, talking about drug use as pleasure activism rather than strictly harm reduction. And I like that turn of framework and I wanted to expose more people to that idea. Mm -hmm. So when I see a conversation happening among groups of people, when I see somebody coming into the community who's newly radicalized, I want to get them really solid 101 information and I will specifically hunt down good texts for that so I can get them to them. Well, that's very cool. So, um, you know, AK and PM, of course, you know, are uh, well known as uh, anarchist press. Uh, do a lot of stuff on uh, uh, anarchist theory, anarchist history, horizontalism in general. Um, is anarchism an explicit part of your project and the formation of how you're thinking about doing this? You said that you know you're inspired by this, but is the is the core idea uh, of the Albuquerque of the People's Library of Albuquerque uh, uh, Albuquerque uh, an anarchist ideal? I think that it would be impossible for me to separate the core ideals of the library from my core ideals. And I think that's true anytime you start a project. So I move through this project and operate this project as an anarchist. But my goal in having the library is to have a school of leftist thought. Mm. So while it can be argued that sex work operates under capitalism and isn't strictly anarchist, I would divest from that opinion and say sex work is inherently anarchist and therefore we should have books about sex work in the library because sex work runs against the grain of what is homogenized. Um, so what I'm looking for is anything that expands beyond the whitewashed imperialist history that we're taught and um, gives the power back to the people and that can look so many ways. I have a couple of books of poetry um, by sex workers. I have um, Chicana literature, um, college readers. I have all kinds of stuff that um, I believe gives people a sense of connection to um, our parallel histories um, and reinforces the idea that there is no liberation without all of us getting liberated. So the library, it is an anarchist library because I am an anarchist, but really the goal is to make it a leftist library. And so, so you, have, you try to not just have anarchist books, but books that kind of try to expand people's sense of history and awareness and imagination towards collective liberation in some sense. Mm -hmm. I love our fiction collection. I'm very fond of it. Um, we have a lot of Ursula Le Guin, um, N.K. Jenison. Um, I love um, Afrofuturism, dystopian futurism. I love this idea. I keep coming back to the idea when I try to add fiction books to our collection that we actually don't have to create a radical future. The blueprints have already been laid out for us. We have all of this dynamic thought about how collectivism can look in the future that's just been labeled science fiction and dismissed as a soft genre. But these are real blueprints for what we could be creating instead of what we have. And when I think about adding a fiction book to me, I'm like, is this escapism 
or is this collective building? How, how do you how do you decide that the, between escapism and and sort of? I don't think there's anything wrong with having escapism. I just want to make sure that that escapism is in line with what I envision for the project, right. um, or it or the author is in line with the project. Like we have a lot of Jane Yulin, um, and she's an indigenous author that I really respect. Um, her books are not about building a future. They're about telling a story and it's a really good story. Um, but I think for me, um, the fiction that I want to include, I want to inspire and I want people to get something out of it that starts turning the wheels in their head just as much as reading Erica Maesta. Like I want people to take something from it that builds it, from their small family unit to their interpersonal work to how they interact with the community. Um, and fiction can be a great tool to do that um, when done right. Right. So I want to talk a little bit about your, your inspirations for doing this. Um, you know, their libraries have this uh, sort of like, apart from public libraries, there, there are you know, this, this project that started maybe a little more than a decade ago, the little libraries where people put these like small uh, boxes in their neighborhoods yeah. for neighbors to take books and things like that. Uh, and then, you know, during the Occupy movement, say about 10 years ago, one of the central features of Occupy Wall Street was, of course, the People's Library there mm -hmm. that started to collect thousands of volumes before it was finally trashed by the New York yes. Police Department and all those volumes were destroyed. But for a while, right, that was a really vibrant place where people could come from all over the place and get books for free, right? And they were getting donations from publishers and from authors and, you know, they were hosting conversations. And so it was a really sort of kind of vibrant, you know, intellectual liberatory space for the movement there. Um, I, I wonder what, like, what inspired you to direct your activism towards libraries? And did you know about the Occupy libraries? And I knew a little bit about the Occupy library, but I would not say that that was a direct influence um, as nerdy as it sounds, I'm a kid who grew up getting lost in books. I'm a kid who grew up looking forward to the library like other people look forward to going to the park. I love libraries. And I think um, if college education hadn't had so many barriers for me, I might have gone into library sciences. Mm. Um, and I, you know, I'm 35 years old and I got to sit down and say, Fuck having a degree. Fuck having the paperwork. I actually can just run a library. I don't need the state's permission to do it. Um, I can get people books. Um, I stumbled upon uh, PM Press one day and I signed up to be a friend of PM Press just so that I could get some new books for me. Yeah. I thought when I was done with them and maybe I would go, you know, guerrilla stock all the little libraries with anarchist books. And I was sitting there and I was like, or we could do this other thing. And I think this other thing will be really cool. I don't know if it'll be cool yet, but the project started with seven books. Um, it started with seven books and um, I kept those seven books in my car because I envisioned it as a mobile library. Um, and then it, it grew. We got a donation of 40 books and that was a little bit more unmanageable to live in my car. Um, and then we kept getting more packages from AK Press and PM Press and 
more donations or somebody would message me and they'd say, Hey, I noticed you don't have milkweed in your collection. I think it would be a great addition. I bought you a copy. Um, just people wanting to be part of this. And a lot of it is other book nerds who love books and want to see people have access to books. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really a bread and roses kind of love. Like I go out and I do a twice monthly food share where I cook for about 50 people. And I would love to pair that with having the library on the road um, with me and being able to give people food and a book. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you about that specifically, right? I, I was wondering whether you have paired with other sorts of activist projects or with other movements. Because I know one of the things that, you know, some of the, the Occupy libraries I remember doing had mobile components where they would, like if there was a demonstration going on, they would like take a bunch of books to that site and have them available and things like that. Uh, have you thought about doing that or have you done that in any kind of way? Um, so a little more than a year ago, we had a, what turned into a protest. It was, it started as a prayer circle um, that became occupied by the New Mexico Civil Guard, which is an armed militia. Um, and then um, we had some police show up in right gear and it turned into a really scary event um, where a friend and comrade got shot. Um, and uh, since then, I have taken a step back from doing as many in-person protests um, only because I ended up getting doxxed from that. And that was, you know, a little terrifying. Um, so I have done some vehicle support. I've done some extraction work, um, but I don't tend to go and be on the front lines as much anymore. Um, but I would love uh, to show up and be the, the book lady at an event. Um, I don't necessarily have to be in security mode like I have been for most of my life. I can do something else. Um, and I'd like to see the way that plays out um, as... Um, we see people take to the streets more in Albuquerque. So let me let me ask you a little bit about, you know, the uh, the usage of the library. Mm -hmm. um, what seems to be most popular? What what are people asking to to check out from the library? What have you seen? Are there any sort of trends or is it, you know, just all over the place? It's pretty much all over the place. I think um, a big thing that I see are people wanting introductory texts. Some of the higher level um, theoretical work doesn't get checked out as much. And I kind of have to remind myself, you know, I'm sure that the public library has tons of books that have never been checked out too. That's okay. We're still going to stock them. But I have people who um, have come to me and said, I mean, I'm a black woman in America. Yeah, fuck the police. But what do we do after? And I get to be like, here are some books about what we can look like, what we can build without cops. Um, or I have a friend who wants to get into being a midwife. And so I have a couple of books on birth work as care work, for example, um, about activism within the mothering community. Um, for Mother's Day, we did um, a feature on um, all the parenting books that we have that have to do with being an activist and a parent. Um, and those were pretty popular um, for a lot of the people who have not felt welcomed in frontline circles because they have kids and it's not always a safe place to bring your kids. Um, so it seems to me that when we do a feature on something, people are like, oh yeah, I didn't know I care about that, but I really want to know more about that. Um, so a lot of what I'm trying to do is just raise people's awareness of what is in the library. 
um, and also foster people on their individual paths. If I know somebody is newly sober, um, I will go out and buy a couple of books about like straight edge radical sobriety um, and just let them know that we have those books available to them to support them in that sobriety um, and however they want that to look. Um, like I said, I try to be really tuned into the conversation happening in Albuquerque at large, but also what's going on with the activists that I know. Where are you at in your personal study and growth? That makes sense. Um, do you, I, I wonder whether you have talked with other activists in other places, whether other people have been inspired by what you're doing in Albuquerque to think about doing libraries in this kind of way elsewhere. There was a brief um, conversation happening about a people's library, Santa Fe, um, and they envisioned it looking very different. Um, we had a couple of brain dumping sessions um, where I told them where I got books, how I run the library. I gave them access to all of our backend um, data management stuff. At the time, we were still using Google Sheets um, so that it, they could see how things were cataloged. Um, and I don't know that they've picked up on that project, but I know there is interest in doing a Santa Fe library, which would be great because theoretically we could do interlibrary loans and get more access to people, which I love. Um, I can't make the trip up to Santa Fe, you know, three times a week um, on my own, but I would be happy to meet with them on a Saturday and give them 15 books that they need for the week. So I yeah, hope you do it. That's, that's, quite a, that's quite a lot. I mean, do you know of any other projects anywhere else in the country that are like this? Um, there is a people's library. Um, I'm blanking on where it is. I want to say Tennessee. Um, that is like a coffee shop, um, mutual aid book pop-up, um, from what I can tell. I don't know that it's leftist leaning or anything like that, but I do know when I went to, um, create things with the people's library that one existed. And that's why I had to be careful to tag it Albuquerque. Um, and, um, I know that, uh, some friends in Seattle are doing the idea of, taking anarchist texts and placing them in little libraries. Okay, very cool. I, I mean, are there, are there, have you encountered any kind of obstacles in operating the library at all? I mean, one is, of course, just the time. And it seems like, you know, there's a lot of time involved in trying to transport things back and forth. Albuquerque is a very sort of sprawly city. So that's, that's, you know, um, that's quite a lot of ground to cover. But are there other obstacles that you've encountered in running this? I think a big obstacle that we have in um, running this is, that it's very limited to social media um, in that if you don't have access to Facebook or Instagram, you may never know about this project and therefore you can't access the books. If you don't have access to the internet, you can't go look at our library catalog. It's one of the reasons I want to um, pair the food share project with the library project. I just need to figure out a feasible way of doing that. Um, and also that carries a much higher risk of a book not coming back to you, which is fine, but that does narrow down what books I want to bring out with me. I want to take things that we have doubles of and stuff like that. Um, and I'm, I'm just not at a place where I can do that concretely yet, but um, I don't think it's, I think it's a real accessibility issue that only people with social media and internet 
can access the library right now. Um, that's problematic in and of itself. But then there's also, um, there's operational errors. Like I just lost my, um, my nine to five job. And so I had to pause our book subscriptions for the month. Um, and I have not been able to buy books in six weeks and it's killing me because I have nothing new to catalog. Um, I have no new book editions in the last six weeks, which is unheard of since we started the project in October. Um, it's, it's entirely a project of love. We have two wonderful, super amazing Patreon supporters that um, help offset the cost of our book subscription but we are nowhere near um, having the financial backing to make this um, an independently run library. Um, and so that's a real problem um, in terms of growing the library. But I also sit back and think, you know, we've got a collection of over 900 items. We don't need to be focused on growth. We need to be focused on access. Because you said a lot of your stuff too is, is e-collection, right? So that could mm -hmm. be something that you get out yeah, we've got about 250, 275 ebooks, and those are mostly in PDF and .epub files. Um, that's been really helpful for getting people books. Um, we've only had about 10 people ask for the download links, um, but I really like the idea. I'd like to um, figure out a way to get audiobooks as part of the library to increase accessibility, but the addition of eBooks and also like PM Press, if you buy books from them, you automatically get the eBook version of it, which I love. Right. Um, but that opens up the accessibility for people who use um, text readers and need um, visibil vis visual accessibility issues. Um, but audiobooks would be a really great addition and there's just no way to, uh, acquire those in any safe way um besides shelling out a lot of money for ebooks um I mean for for audiobooks so it's just a thing i play around with um i love to read out loud and i've toyed with the idea of um just picking a book and reading chapters and recording them myself and making books you know slowly more accessible that way but it would take a very long time for me to read through all of our books so it's you know it's an idea. It's not the best idea yet. Have you, uh, uh, so most of this sounds like this is, you know, your own work. Is, is there a collective behind the people's library or? No, is, it's me. It's you. Have you it's thought me. about making a collective or is it something that you want to hold on to right now as you develop it? Um, you know, most of my activist life I spent doing things as a group project um, and I love the collectives that I work with. I work with a harm reduction collective. I've worked with community defense leagues, um, but it feels really good to have a project that's just mine and I don't have to account to anybody and nothing goes up to vote. And if I want to buy a new book, I just buy the new book. Um, and sometimes there's a lot of freedom in um, having something that you solely own and operate. Sure. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so do, uh, do you have uh, a Patreon account set specifically for the library? Are, are there we ways do. that people can support the library if they're so interested in doing? Yeah, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash the People's Library ABQ. We also have Cash App and Venmo, both at the People's Library ABQ, if okay. you want to make a one-time donation. 
Okay, uh, we'll we'll make sure to get those uh, those links out for people to be able to um, to be able to uh, contribute if they'd like. Um, awesome! If they want to, that'd be great. And if yeah. not, okay. If also like if you don't live anywhere near me and you find an ebook, we do we do long distance ebook lending. Well, I was going to say with that kind of you know if you're doing stuff on the internet, this could be a much more widespread project than just Albuquerque. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I would love to get audiobooks, and one of the reasons I. I'm so very fond of our ebook collection is because it opens it up to anybody wanting to borrow a book. I mean, you can live in Trinidad and borrow a book from the people's library ABQ, which is awesome. Um, we have them. There's no reason people shouldn't be able to access them. Um, the vast majority of them have come from the harm reduction collective that I am in um, had a um, pretty sizable 40 or so collection of ebooks. Um, I download everything I possibly can from PM Press when I buy books. Yeah. Um, and we've bought a couple of ebooks on request from AK Press. Um, and then also just coming across really dope PDFs um, on the internet that are great editions. We have a, one that I'm reading right now, which is an A to Z guide to harm reduction. And it's very neat. It's um, part homeopathic, part urban farming, part foraging. It's really nifty. Very cool. So what's, uh, you know, ne what's next for the library? What's next for you as an organizer? Um, my next personal goal is to become a Narcan distributing trainer. Um, when I do the food share uh, twice a month. I also pass out fentanyl test strips, but my supply of Narcan is so limited. Um, I think it's kind of a disservice to pass out fentanyl test strips without passing out Narcan as well. <coughs> Excuse me. And there is a um, organization that will do distribution training um, for individuals and then give you a, a supply of Narcan that you can get out to the streets, which I really love that idea. What's next to the library is figuring out how to improve accessibility and not just exist in the internet. Um, making sure more people know about the project and have access to books and increasing the access um, for, for the disability access for people who do want to access the, our books. Um, I'm a big fan of accessibility. Um, you know, there's that saying, if it's not accessible to the poor, it's neither radical nor revolutionary. And I always meant to say, if it's not accessible to the poor or disabled, it's neither revolutionary nor radical. Um, so um, it's really important to me that uh, the collection doesn't stagnate because people um, don't feel like they have enough time, need accommodations, live far away, anything like that. At some point, I'd like to have the entire library exist in ebook format as well as hard copy format, but that's a long ways off. It's just a pipe dream right now. Well, Fia, uh, thank you for your time and sharing with us and, and telling us a little bit about this, uh, you know, your exciting project. And um, uh, if, do you have a website or are you mostly on social our media? Book, our, our catalog website is radicalbooksabq dot libib l-i-b-i-b dot com and that's where you can view the two collections we have a um, dvd and musical cd collection and then also books and ebooks and zines library 
Very cool. So we'll try to uh, we'll try to make sure that people have access both to ways of supporting the library and then also uh, trying to find uh, stuff on the collection. But uh, I want to thank you for your time uh, and uh, for the work that you're doing. Much much success. I hope that uh, uh, we're able to bump up uh, uh, some attention for you and uh, uh, get you a little bit of help uh, uh, making this worthwhile project uh, get even more off the ground. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the conversation and for the boost and just spreading the word. And I hope that it inspires somebody to start their own local library. Very cool. Well, thank you, Fia. And thank you all for turning in uh, to uh, uh, listen to our conversation. If you have any questions or comments about the radical nature of people's libraries, the history of radical book lending, leave us a comment down below. Uh, send us a question. You can find the NRA's project at our website at anaresproject.org. You can find us on all the socials at NRA's project on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. And you can also listen to our audio podcasts on Spotify and Anchor FM or in other places where you download your podcasts. So thanks very much for listening. Thank you, Fia. Hope we get a chance to talk again soon. Bye.